For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com. Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. Today's guest is Michelle Murphy, owner of Wilson Murphy Law and the CEO of Legal Loft. Michelle's specialty is working with small businesses and creatives to make sure that they are protected legally and she loves working in trademarks. And we get so many questions about trademarks, and that is why we invited her on the show today. So if you have questions, you're definitely going to want to listen to this. Also, did you know that lawyers are sometimes on TikTok and get clients from TikTok? She shares it in this episode. Enjoy the conversation with Michelle Murphy. Welcome, Michelle, to the podcast. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm intimidated by this conversation because the two of you are lawyers and I'm not. So I'm going to just make a fool of myself and ask all the, like the simple, the simple questions. But first, Michelle, please introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us who you are, where you live, what you do. Sure. So my name is Michelle Murphy. I live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I grew up in South Florida. So this is home for me. I am a trademark attorney. Well, I would say I'm a small business attorney because I do not only trademarks, but I do contracts and also business entity formations, which is basically forming your LLC or your corporation. So I'm just, Jenny, before you jump in, just tell me when you are a lawyer and you're training to be a lawyer, when do you decide that you're going to be a small business lawyer? Like at what point does that happen? Anytime. (laughs) Because when you're in law school, you don't have a major like we do in undergrad. So you kind of just, most of us, I think, just jump out into the real world take the first job that we can get. And then from there, we kind of just try to navigate the industry because there are so many positions out here that you wouldn't even realize that there are lawyers for. I know there's like gaming lawyers, like video game lawyers, really niche. So when did you know you wanted to work in small business? So I'm an eight-year attorney this year. Yeah, I've graduated for eight years now. So I knew probably... 2019 was when I opened my own firm. Prior to that, I was actually going to be debt collection. Like I was going to do on the debtor side of Mm -hmm. debt collection. 
because that was my first job out of law school. And so I was going to do that. But I was like, why am I opening up a firm where I'm not even interested in this subject matter, like at all? So I, this might be like a little woo-woo, had a dream about it, woke up in the middle of the night because my dream was about an influencer and she had legal issues. And I was like, just go to your attorney in the dream. I literally woke woke up at like 3 a.m. And I was like, what? Is this a thing? And so I started Google using Google at like 3 a.m. to figure out like what type of issues influencers deal with. And a lot of it was trademarks and contract issues. So I was like, okay, well, this oh is what God. I'm going to do. This is the best story of how you found your niche and opened up your firm. That is so good. Our audience is very woo. So let it out. Let it out. Okay. Jenny, I know you have questions about trademarks. Let's go. Yeah. So Michelle, thank you so much for agreeing to come and share your wisdom here on our podcast. We have an entire audience filled with small business owners. And so I'm just wondering, since you do both trade, you specialize in trademarks, but you, you're a small business attorney, a lot of our community, they're really in the early stages of business. And I'm just curious from your perspective, what are the first few things that a new business owner needs to do in terms of covering their legal backside? When someone walks into your office, or I'm guessing virtually reaches (laughs) out to you, what is the first thing you recommend that they do? So I will always say, make sure that your all of your agreements are in place. So if you have a website, make sure all your terms and conditions, your privacy policy, any disclaimers that you have to have, make sure those are all good, bulletproof, legally sound. And then from there, I don't always say to start with the LLC because sometimes you don't need to. If you are a service-based business, most of the time, you can kind of float float on by without forming the LLC or the corporation. I would say, obviously, more high-risk industries like nursing or psychology or you know therapy, like anything that has to do with health, legal architecture, construction, those fields, much different. But when if you're like a copywriter or a website designer, I'm like, you can hold on, like make sure you're making money. You have like a sustainable income. And then from there, you know, start dealing with all the LLC type things. Now, when it comes to trademarks, that is a whole different beast. And that's because trademarks are first to use. If you have a trademark that you're like, I created this course name. It's so good. I don't want anybody to take it. I would say, make sure that you're filing your trademark for that. Because if somebody does file after you, even if you're the first to use it, if someone files after you, then you have to pretty much start a legal battle, which Mm -hmm. you probably don't want to, or have the funds to, you know, get into litigation over your name. So if you love a name and you're like, even just thinking about filing a trademark application, reach out to an attorney and just see kind of what the process is and learn more because so many times people come to me, it's it's too late and I have to let them know, which is terrible. That's so interesting. Tell me about that process. Is So people are coming to you basically at the point where they've been using a certain trademark or a certain course name or something, and then they notice that someone else is using it. Is that a typical time that you see a client or a potential client come in? I will say that. And also more and more, I'm starting to see small businesses file their trademark before they've launched. I think it's because we have so much more knowledge with the internet and they're seeing that 
people have been copying other, you know, maybe their colleagues. So they're like, you know, and I don't want to have to deal with that. And so they start the process before the launch, which you can do. You don't have to be selling your course or product or whatever you're selling before you file an application. Okay. And Michelle, just give us a sense of the investment. We have quite a few trademarks ourselves, but you know we're a tech company. And so it's always a fine line when we're getting asked advice from our clients about trademarking, because I, it is definitely not cheap. And so I'm just wondering, like when someone comes to you and say they want to file one trademark, what is sort of the rough ballpark investment involved and, and the timeline as well? So my rates start at 3000 and I am actually bumping up my rates a little bit because I have found that I need a holistic view of someone's business. And so now I'm starting to do legal audits before we even get to the point of filing a trademark because maybe you need something else before, <laughs> before you get to the trademark stage. And so that's kind of what I do, my process. But the timeline right now, Trademarks are taking about 12 to 18 months. They have just hired more people to help them get through the backlog. Normally, before COVID, it was around 9 to 12 months that the whole process would would take. I have clients right now, we're still waiting on an examiner to pick up their application six months later. So Mm. it's, it's really slow right now. If someone walks into your office and wants to file for trademark or have questions about trademark, your legal audit that you do first. So what kind of things are you looking for and why do you have to do that before a trademark? I really look for everything. So I ask them about insurance licenses that they have, their website compliance, ADA compliance is huge right now. What's ADA? Uh, American Disabilities Act. So just making sure that your website is compliant so that deaf people or blind people or, you know, whoever has disabilities can still access your website, just like me or you could. There's so many just different and like terms, terms of use and privacy, just make yeah, sure privacy. that's all yeah. up. Okay. Yeah. Just all of it, like wanting to know if they have an LLC already, is that some, you know, and just figuring out what their actual goals are before we even get into this process. Because a lot of times people think that the trademark is this magical thing. It, I mean, it's great to have, you know, but you still have to do other back-end marketing and all the same things. It's not just like a miracle worker for your business, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, Michelle, one question that I think comes up a lot in our community is, do you need to have formed a legal entity prior to filing a trademark application? You don't have to, but I do recommend it. A trademark is an asset, right? Mm-hmm. And so... If you do form your LLC or your corporation, you're going to want the trademark to be owned by that LLC or corporation. And if you file it individually, at first, you're going to have to assign it over to the LLC or the corporation once you actually decide to get that business entity formed. Okay. And then I know what other people, our clients are thinking, listening to you is like, what about copyright? Could you explain the difference between copyright and trademark? Sure. So a trademark is a brand identifier. So your name, your slogan, your logo, all the pretty brand assets that you get created for you. And so then copyrights are more so the actual creatives that you make. So anything that's like a book, a painting, 
some logos can be copyrighted too if there's some type of artistic expression. Websites can be copyrighted, sculptures, like so those bigger creations are the copyright and that's the difference between the two. But you don't have to like file anything to get a copyright. Like you can just- You do have to file. You do. Oh, see? Yes. <laughs> so you do have to file a copyright registration if you want to be able to sue somebody that has copied you. But technically copyrights are, are done at creation. So there's nothing like that you have to say, but as soon as you put pen to paper, copyright protection has started. But if you want to sue in federal court, you have to register with the copyright office. So talking about federal court here, Sandy is Canadian and we have a diverse community as I'm sure you're working on the internet. And so, you know, we're representing and working with clients all over the world. How does that factor into your trademark strategy? Because I know it's one thing to file and hold a trademark in the United States, but what do you recommend for those businesses that are really working internationally or for those people like Sandy who are Canadian or maybe even operating a business in Canada, but want to have protection in the United States? So you can file a trademark in the U.S. as long as you have a U.S. attorney. They just changed the rules, I want to say, about a year ago on that because of all of the Chinese trademark applications that were getting filed. Hmm. But now, if you're trying to file a U.S. application with the USPTO, which is the United States Patent and Trademark Office, then you have to have a U.S. attorney and you file just like anything else. Uh, so don't need to be a U.S. You know, corporation at all. Just, no, just need a U.S. No. attorney. Uh-huh. Exactly. And then if you have filed a U.S. application, you can go over to, there's something called the Madrid Protocol. And so the U.S. has contracted with all these other countries so that you can use your U.S.-based application in whatever other country and vice versa. So if you're Canadian, you have a Canadian trademark, you can use that application in the U.S. And that's for priority rights. So and priority rates just basically means that you were using it and maybe in like 2010 and somebody that filed in like, say you're using it January, 2010, someone filing August, 2010, wouldn't be able to say that they have priority over you basically with that protocol, the major protocol. And Michelle, do you typically recommend that your U.S. based clients pursue trademarks in other countries? I ask them what their goals are. <laughs> and so based on their answer, then we, we try to figure out what we want to do with the international trademarks. Jenny, do we have international trademarks? We don't know. So, so, so Michelle, at what point does it like, depending on those answers, what answer would someone give that would cause you to, you know, recommend that they pursue trademarks in other so, countries? I would say that you're actually have clients over in those countries. You're making money in those countries too. Yeah. If you have a large income or if you have a lot of clients over in another country, then I would highly recommend trying to file international trademark application. In the tech space, I know it is so different because I think from what I've read, like even Facebook, they'll file in like Trinidad. And then there's just a whole lot of things that the tech, the startup companies do. <laughs> that is not my zone of yeah, genius. It's another <laughs> universe on so many ways. Yeah. yeah, That's good. Be grateful for that, Michelle. Just <laughs> don't, don't change a thing about that. <laughs> so can we just learn a little bit more about 
you and your business actually, and the clients that you work with, are you solo in your firm at this point? Do you have other attorneys working under you? How does your business operate? Are you virtual or do you serve clients outside of Florida? We want to know it all. Okay. So I am solo for now. I tried to hire. No one tells you that hiring is one of the most difficult. That's right. (laughs) Trademarks are easier than hiring. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm kind of like just going back to the drawing board, just me, myself and I right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I do service clients all over the US. I have clients also over in the UK. I have clients in Australia for trademarks. I started in 2019, January 2019. And I've just kind of just been going ever since. So what does a typical day look like for you? Because I think, you know, especially as a lawyer, I think that's such a like going out on your own and having clients all over the world is such a glamorous, I think, reprieve from what most lawyers are doing day to day. So what is, or Friday, like, so what does your day look like today? What is, what is a day in the business of Michelle Murphy? <laughs> you don't want to know that. So basically, <laughs> my, my day to day is so boring. I wake up, <laughs> I, tr- <laughs> I try to go to the beach and oh, my daily boring. Walk. I'm so bored <laughs> listening to this. As it's snowing here. Okay, go on, beach, right? Mm -hmm. I do my daily walk on the beach. I come back home. Sometimes I'll stop by Starbucks on the way home. (laughs) I have a top one. I know people have top threes. I am not one of them because I realize I never get my top three done and it makes me feel bad at the end of the day. So I have a top one. One thing that I I got done so that I can reach my goals, that's what I do. And then after that, I kind of just work on client work. I'll work on things that I wanted to launch or it just really depends, but it's, I'm behind a computer all day, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody else. So, but you, are you focused on like marketing to like small business creators out there and is part of your job just to go, obviously to, to market yourself and find them, but you don't want just local Florida. You want anywhere in the U.S. Yeah. So I service, most of my clients are service-based business owners or like content creators, course creators also. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of work in that realm and yeah, I have clients every, like not just in the U S but I have clients everywhere at this point, which is pretty cool that, and they find me on social media because I do all of my marketing is on social media. Which platform? Yeah. I'm the type of person that like, depending on how I feel, you know, I'll, I'll put more time into one of them. So at one point it was Instagram, hands down. I grew a following on TikTok and okay, wait, wait, I'm... wait, wait, pause. What are you doing on TikTok to grow a following as a trademark lawyer? So I talk about different tidbits of business yeah. and being an attorney and what my law school experience was, just things like that. And I have almost 16,000 followers over there. Do you get clients from TikTok? Yeah, uh-huh. I've gotten clients from TikTok. Uh-huh. It's so interesting because there's this like big debate about growing a TikTok following in the online business space because like there's this myth that TikTokers don't pay for things. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess you're dispelling that myth a bit that, you know, there are people that have resources to invest. Yeah. Find you on TikTok. Mm-hmm. What's your name on TikTok? Because we're all going to want to go check it out. <laughs> the trademark attorney. It is so oh, that's, creative. That's a good handle. Oh, that's, that's smart. So good. 
So you don't really have a big giant plan on how I'm going to approach social. It's just like what you feel like doing that day or in those few weeks, like I'm all about TikTok. I'm just going to go do my thing. Yeah. And I've started now posting more on LinkedIn. So mm. I just kind of go with the flow. I love it. <laughs> and it's and so hard to have a marketing plan when you do that. So yeah. What are your favorite kind of <laughs> clients? Like who is like your perfect client? What is their story? So my favorite kind of client, I like the ones that allow me to do my job. Like they just kind of step back. They understand that I am, I know what I'm talking about. I am the attorney on their case. I will not steer them wrong. Cause you know, you do have those clients that are always questioning you along the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> you hired me for a reason, but yeah, I would just say most of my clients are women. And like I said, they're service-based business owners or they're content creators. So it's always fun to work with them just to see them like grow something out of just creativity. I think it's so neat. Like they've been able to monetize their passions. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah that's that the dream. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> Michelle, at the end of every episode, we ask our guest to share something that's bringing you joy right now in your life and a tool that can help our listeners hustle in their career or business. So I was thinking about this and I had a couple. <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> one thing I'm an online shopper. And so one thing that I have been enjoying in shopping for a lot are skims, which are like loungewear. Cause I wear loungewear all the time. I, wait, I don't know do what not. that, wait, what is that word? Skims? This is like, skims? I, I feel like we should know this word. I think this is like something Jenny's like, Sandy, can I buy this skim? And I'll be like, what the <laughs> hell is a skim? Hey, what's a so skim? So it's Kim Kardashian's like loungewear and shapewear uh, line. And she did such a, say what you want about the family. Her, the line she created was so quality and they're just so comfortable. The clothes are comfortable. It's great for lounging around. And so that's one thing that's bringing me joy and just Hallmark Christmas movies. I've been watching them <laughs> all day. So, well, I think they started last Friday their Christmas lead up. And I've just been watching those movies. How are you watching them? So I watch it on Sling TV. Sling. Yeah. Michelle, we need more of you in our lives. I just like, I feel like you're like I don't the key know what you're to saying. everything. Sling is basically like your Comcast. It's, pretty, it's a cable network, except you use Wi-Fi instead um, of it just being through sling. the Sling. Yeah. Sling. Write sling. that down, Sandy. <laughs> Skims and sling. Okay. So just going back to the skims, do you have the cozy? I do not have the cozy line. I have the soft lounge. Oh yeah. This is awesome. Okay, and it ships to, and it ships to Canada. It just like got a pop-up ships to Canada. looks like you're in Canada. Michelle, you may be the first guest to bring up a Kardashian in the joy or the hustle. So like congrats for that. Yeah. Okay. And what about your hustle? I use a customer relation manager called Dubsado. Mm -hmm. So yep. Dubsado right now is just being able to automate all my onboarding. It's just, it makes my life so much easier. I remember when I first started out, it took me, it took me about an hour to like create the invoice, mm -hmm. create my contracts, customer, like all of that. And now it takes me like a click of a button and it just sends out to the yeah, lead. And it's, it's so nice. You gotta love software too. <laughs> Improve I love soft product. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, Michelle. Where can people find you? 
So you can besides find me, TikTok. Yeah, I was say, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the trademark attorney underscore. I'm also on LinkedIn under Michelle Wilson Murphy, TikTok, the trademark attorney, and then my website, www.wilsonmurphylaw.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. You, Thank you guys for having me. Hey, before you go, if you enjoy listening to our podcast and you know that your future involves teaching or coaching online, check out our Inner Circle experience. It's where we take these concepts, women in business, money, online business strategy, mindset, feminism, and help our clients take their expertise and transition it to an online offering. It's a one-year program with high-touch strategy and mindset coaching, online business courses, and the best community on the internet. To apply, head over to theinnercircle.works, fill out our short two-minute application, and if we believe you're a great fit, you'll receive access to a private advanced training on creating a profitable online business and all the program details. Go to theinnercircle.works to learn more.